Now, the title of today's message is Rich in Mercy. Rich in Mercy. And in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 4 to 5, we read the following. But because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ, even when we were dead in transgressions. It is by grace you have been saved. Let me read that again. But because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ, even when we were dead in trespasses, transgressions. It is by grace you have been saved. I want you to take a moment to look at this verse to ponder carefully on it, which word or phrase stands out for you? I encourage you to repeat that word or phrase a few times in your own mind and then to hold on to it throughout the service. The song we listen to in the offering is titled Mercy Tree. And the lead vocalist is a lady named Lacey Stern. And uh, in a moment, I'm going to play a short three-minute video clip where she shares her testimony of God's mercy. But before I do that, at the age of 16, she was in a place of despair because she had been through much trouble in her childhood. She was at a place where she wanted to end her life. But her grandmother fortunately noticed that something was wrong with her. And she forced her to go to church. She tells about how halfway through the service, she was feeling so frustrated inside of her that she just decided to leave. And she got up, and as she left, she met an elderly man at the door. And that is who we're going to be picking up on the video clip. Thank you. And I got up and went to the door. A white-headed man was standing there and he stopped me and was like, the Lord wants me to speak to you. He wants you to know that even though you've never known an earthly father, that God will be a better father to you than any earthly father could ever be. God knows the pain in your heart. He's seen you cry yourself to sleep at night. The idea was so overwhelming to me He's like, do you want me to pray for you so that Jesus can take the pain out of your heart? He put his hand on my shoulder and started to pray. It was as if the God of the universe showed up right in front of me. And the first thing I noticed was that God was holy and good. And the second thing I noticed was that I was so not holy and not good. If God had looked at me and said, go away forever, he would have been right. It would have been just as. The same time I felt that, I felt him inviting me to an embrace of grace and love unconditional. It was like God was saying, I love you. I know you're tired of the way you've been living, and I will make you new if you will let me. My heart was just, yes, it just said, yes, I, I need that, I want that. Please, 
and that's why I woke up the next day. I just felt such a peace and a joy almost that I had never felt before. Jesus saved my life, and on top of everything else, the life of my son and the new baby. That wouldn't be if Jesus hadn't intervened and rescued me. The most overwhelming thing is to think that Jesus became sin, and it was my sin. And it was things that I've done. The house I'm on the cross, it was things that I've done. He hung naked on a cross, bleeding in a shameful way, so that I would never have to be ashamed for the things that I've done. The truth is, the truth is, there is no other way besides Christ and what he did. There is no life outside of that. Our God is rich in mercy. I'm sure that most of us here have got our own testimony of God's mercy in our own lives. But I really believe that there are some people here today, or perhaps listening on audio streaming or watching on video streaming, and you are desperately in need of God's mercy. You know it. Even as you sit here, you know you're crying out. You know that you're in need of God's mercy. And I believe the Lord wants you to know that His mercy is available to you. The dictionary defines mercy as the compassionate treatment of an offender or an enemy who is in one's power. It also defines mercy as a merciful act. I've got two points to share with you today, and the first one is receiving mercy from God, and the second one is showing mercy to others. So I'd like to ask you to turn with me to Acts chapter 9, and we'll be reading verses 1 to 19. I'm reading from the New International Version. Acts 9, verses 1 to 19. Meanwhile, Saul was still breathing out murderous threats against the Lord's disciples. He went to the high priest and asked him for letters to the synagogues in Damascus, so that if he found any there who belonged to the way, whether men or women, he might take them as prisoners to Jerusalem. As he neared Damascus on his journey, suddenly a light from heaven flashed around him. He fell to the ground and heard a voice say to him, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? Who are you, Lord? Saul asked. I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting, he replied. Now get up and go into the city, and you will be told what you must do. 
The men traveling with Saul stood there speechless. They heard the sound, but did not see anyone. Saul got up from the ground, but when he opened his eyes, he could see nothing. So they led him by the hand into Damascus. For three days he was blind and did not eat or drink anything. In Damascus, there was a disciple named Ananias. The Lord called to him in a vision, Ananias! Yes, Lord, he answered. The Lord told him, Go to the house of Judas on Straight Street and ask for a man from Tarsus named Saul, for he is praying. In a vision, he has seen a man named Ananias come and place his hands on him to restore his sight. Lord, Ananias answered, I have heard many reports about this man and all the harm he has done to your saints in Jerusalem. And he has come here with authority from the chief priests to arrest all who call on your name. But the Lord said to Ananias, Go, this man is my chosen instrument to carry my name before the Gentiles and their kings and before the people of Israel. I will show him how much he must suffer for my name. Then Ananias went to the house and entered it. Placing his hands on Saul, he said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus, who appeared to you on the road as you were coming here, has sent me so that you may see again and be filled with the Holy Spirit. Immediately, something like scales fell from Saul's eyes and he could see again. He got up and was baptized. And after taking some food, he regained his strength. We thank the Lord for his word. So point one, receiving mercy from God. Saul was in need of God's mercy. He was lost in his sin and he didn't know it. In his religious fervor, he went all out to persecute the church. We just read how he was breathing out murderous threats against the Lord's disciples and how he had obtained letters from the high priest in Jerusalem that he could take to the city of Damascus that would give him permission to arrest any believers there and take them back to Jerusalem to be imprisoned. Two chapters before this, in Acts chapter 7, we read about the stoning of Stephen and it was Saul who was there giving permission and approval for his death. When Jesus met him on the road to Damascus, he said, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? You see, Saul actually had a deeper problem. And the deeper problem was that he was persecuting the Lord. When Jesus met him, he didn't see Jesus in a vision. He saw him face to face. We read about it there in Acts chapter 9, but that is confirmed in 1 Corinthians 9 verse 1 and 1 Corinthians 15 verse 8, if you wanted to see that. So he had an encounter with Jesus. It wasn't a vision. He had an encounter with the Lord. You see, sometimes our sin can be obvious. Uh, when we're proud or when we're selfish, uh, when we slander other people or hate people, or when the Lord prompts us to do something for someone and we disobey that prompting. That's sin that is obvious. But sometimes our sin is far more subtle 
and far more serious. When like Saul, we end up persecuting the Lord himself by resisting him and fighting against him. I don't know if you can remember a time in your life where you resisted the Lord, where you were fighting against him. This is why the Bible says that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Because we are all in need of his mercy. Saul's conversion on the road to Damascus is a picture of God's rich mercy. Just think about it. It's a picture of God's incredibly rich mercy. And the Lord's purpose in extending mercy wasn't just to protect his church from persecution. It was primarily to save Saul and to give him a kingdom mission, a whole new life, just like what happened with Lacey Stern. Don't you love the way the Lord stopped Saul in his tracks? He was on a very serious mission. He had got those letters, he was heading back, and he was breathing out venomous and murderous threats, and the Lord stopped him. Now, by the way, there's no biblical evidence that Saul fell off his horse or his donkey. Did you know that? Many children's Bibles have got a picture of him falling off a horse or a donkey, and there's even some famous paintings that depict that. But he was more than likely walking when he fell to the ground in the presence of the Lord. But let's take a look again at the definition of mercy that I read earlier. Mercy is the compassionate treatment of an offender or enemy who is in one's power. The compassionate treatment of an offender or an enemy who is in one's power. It is a merciful act. While Saul was an offender, he was an enemy of the gospel, and he was in the Lord's power. The Lord could have killed him right there, but he doesn't. He extends compassion and mercy to him, and Saul's life is changed forever. It is good from time to time to evaluate our view of God. Some people still view God as harsh and punitive. Deep down, they are afraid of Him, scared of putting even a small step out of place. But the Bible tells us in Psalm 103, thank you, Angie, for referencing that. It's also repeated in Psalm 145 that the Lord is gracious and compassionate. He is slow to anger and rich in love. That needs to be our paradigm of God. That needs to be our view of God. A God who is gracious and compassionate, slow to anger, and rich in love. On the day of Saul's conversion, he encountered these qualities in Jesus. His grace and compassion and love. I don't know what you are facing at the moment. I don't know what you have been through recently or what mistakes and regrets that you are perhaps holding in your heart. But I do know that the Lord loves you. And I do know that you don't need to be afraid of coming to Him. In Hebrews 4 verse 16, we are invited to approach His throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. Perhaps that is the scripture that you might want to hold on to this week. Hebrews 4 verse 16. Let us therefore approach His throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy 
and find grace to help us in our time of need. So point one is about receiving mercy from God. And point two is about showing mercy to others. Showing mercy to others. Have you ever received mercy from someone who you least expected to receive mercy from? When I was in Standard 5, that's uh, grade 7 today, I had a maths teacher who was very strict. She was by far the strictest teacher in the school, and everyone was scared of her, including, I think, most of the parents and the other teachers, and maybe even the principal. <laughs> but I remember a day when she showed me compassion and mercy. I uh, was writing a math test, and I, in the middle of the test, I hit a blank, and I got into a bit of a panic. So picture me, I'm about 12 years old at this point, and, uh, and I wasn't sure what to do in this very strict teacher's class. I wasn't expecting mercy, but I received it. She came up to me, she settled me, she reassured me. In those days, we had these big plastic tuck boxes put in an order for tuck, you know. I said, Bruce, I want you to take this to the tuck shop and uh, afterwards come back and you can finish the test and you don't have to worry about the time. You can finish it in your own pace. When I speak to my old school friends, they still talk about their teacher. <laughs> they still remember how fierce she was, but not me. My only memory of her is her kindness and her mercy. You see, Saul not only experienced mercy from the Lord, but he experienced mercy from one of the Lord's disciples, from Ananias. Ananias gives us an example of what showing mercy to another person looks like. You see, the Bible tells us that Saul, when he came off the ground, that he was blind. He couldn't see a thing. And the men he was traveling with had to lead him by the hand into the city. We then read about a conversation that takes place between the Lord and Ananias. And this time, Ananias hears from the Lord in a vision. So he doesn't see Jesus face to face like Saul. There's a vision, and the Lord speaks to Ananias. He says this, he says, Ananias, yes, Lord, Ananias answers. You can almost sense Ananias' eagerness to do something for God. He's like keen. Yes, Lord, what do you want me to do? The Lord says, I want you to go to this house, in this street, and I want you to reach out to Saul, the enemy, the very one who was persecuting the church. You know, it's not always easy to show mercy to someone the Lord calls us to show mercy to. It could be someone that you really don't like. Or it could be a family member or a friend or a colleague that has hurt you or betrayed you. So we see Ananias and he does like a double check. He sort of back, back pedals a bit and he says, uh, he, he thinks it's right to to just check that Jesus knows who he's talking about. <laughs> Lord, do you know Saul? 
He's the one who's persecuting the church. Have we got it right? But Jesus says to him, Go. Go. He's my chosen instrument to share my grace, my mercy, my love to the Gentiles and the Jews. So Ananias goes in obedience. And he enters this house. He places his hands on Saul. And he says, Brother Saul. Brother in that simple word, he is acknowledging Saul's conversion. And he is welcoming him into the family of believers. Brother Saul. Ananias then explains his mission to Saul, that the Lord had sent him so that he may see again, and that he may be filled with the Holy Spirit. Immediately something like scales fall from Saul's eyes, and he could see again, and he got up and he was baptized. There's a baptism service taking place today at 12 o'clock. I love that Saul didn't delay this. He had been converted. He put his faith in Jesus and he was baptized. And Ananias, I don't know if you realize this, Ananias would have been the one that had the privilege of baptizing Saul. So in conclusion, I'm sure that you can agree with me that this is not really the easiest time of the year. Most of us are tired, we're a little bit tender, our souls are weary, and we need mercy from the Lord. We need Him to love us, we need Him to strengthen us, we need Him to wash away our sins with His precious blood. We need Him to lift off the heavy weights that we are carrying. We need Him to fill us with His Holy Spirit. But remember, we, like Ananias, are the Lord's disciples. So let's also be ready to show God's love and mercy to those around us. It could be us that the Lord calls to use to minister to someone else. I'm wondering who that elderly man was at that church who was standing at the door as Lacey Stern wanted to exit, and he said, can I pray for you? And he told her about God's love. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you that you are rich in mercy, abounding in love. You are rich in mercy. You are abounding in love. Thank you that you know each one of us here today. You know each person listening on audio streaming. You know each person watching on live streaming. You know each person that will be watching when this is televised. And Lord, I pray, Father, that you will come by your Holy Spirit and settle the hearts of each person here. That you will pour out your mercy on our lives. That your peace will reign that we will be strengthened in our innermost beings. I pray too, Heavenly Father, that we will have ears that are attentive to your voice and quick to respond to your leading and that you will use us to show mercy to others.
In Jesus' name.